0: Our scripture reading today is from Mark 1. As Jesus walked beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. At once they left their nets and followed him. When he had gone a little farther, he saw James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John in a boat preparing their nets. Without delay he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men and followed him. Amen. Amen and welcome. Great to see you all here in our favorite service, in our fourth service, and glad you're here today. Sorry we started a little bit late. We had some cool stuff happen. We'll get to some of that a little bit later in in our time together. But uh, as you can see, maybe you gathered from the reading of the video, we are moving through Mark, the book of Mark, and, and sort of building a biography of Jesus as we go, lifting up, looking at what the eyewitnesses who were there in that day had to see and had to say. And if we started this last week, if you missed it, you can catch up on our podcast and again glad you're here today whether you're joining us online or you're on our podcast and especially want to welcome you if this is your first time here today if this is your starting point at Mosaic uh, I don't know if you've ever thought about uh, life like this but everything really does have a starting point uh, for example your day today had a starting point might have been a good one, might have been a bad one, like the alarm went off <laughs> and there you are. Maybe the kids went off. Uh, maybe the dogs went off. Maybe the rain went off. Maybe your spouse went off <laughs> and said, so we are going to Mosaic today and somebody woke you up. You're here. Every, everything's got a beginning. Everything is a, a starting point. Uh, you uh, also, you had a starting point. Yeah. Some of you, you were told that you you know you began on purpose. <laughs> Some of you were told that you might have begun on accident, but either way. We're glad you're here and you made it in today. For those of you who, who were married, you know, love had a starting point. Your relationship had a starting point. Uh, I can still remember meeting my wife, Carrie, for the first time. We were freshmen at the University of Houston, and she was this track star from California. We met at a mutual friend's apartment, and she's there, and she uh, has recently become a Christian, and she was wearing this Christian themed gray long sleeve t shirt and these super short shorts. And I was sitting there and I was a mess, not serving God, but growing up in church and real judgy. And I just judged her for wearing these short shorts, even though she was the Christian and I was a mess. And of course, she's never let me live that down. Uh, And then we didn't get married for many years later. But that that inauspicious moment was our, our starting point. And I don't know if you've thought about this either, but, you know, your faith, too, has a starting point. Your faith had a starting point. It could have been from what a pastor or a priest or a rabbi or a parent did for you or said to you. It could have been a grandparent taking you someplace as a child. could have been through an invitation from a friend, but something started your faith journey at some point. So where would you say that faith began for you? If you're a Christian, where would you say that your faith began? Uh, if you're a person from another faith background, if that's you, we're so glad you're here, where would you say that that? faith began or or if you're a skeptic or someone you know who maybe used to follow Jesus and now you don't but someone brought you back here today again we're so so glad you're here but if if that's you and maybe yes become you and understand why your your reasons for that maybe a professor said that thing to you in that class and made you start to doubt and to wonder or you read that book or somebody said something to you or that church did or said something to you now you're not where you once were and you walked in here and somebody brought you here and you're hoping you're going to hear something or feel something or i'm going to say something it's going to help it all make sense for you if that's here let me ask you no matter where you're from where would you say that faith especially faith in jesus ought to begin well so what i want I, to what I try to show you today what i want to try to walk you through is that no matter who you are no matter where you're from show you this at the starting point it's pretty simple the starting point of faith in, in Jesus of Nazareth isn't a religious invitation it's a relational invitation at the starting point of faith in Jesus of Nazareth isn't a religious invitation it's a relational invitation you know Jesus never asked people to join a religion he didn't do it but he did ask people to get involved with the person and that was himself. So the starting point for all of us, when it come, for anyone, when it comes to faith in Jesus is what Jesus says right here. These three little words, we're going to look at them. It's what he means when he says, come follow me. Come follow me, Jesus said. That's the starting point. Be with me, he says. Hang around me. Go where I go. Listen to what I'm saying. See, he doesn't give us A religious invitation, join a religion, obey a set of rules, you know, watch this, don't watch that, don't touch this, do touch that, all of that is important, but that's not what he invites humans into first, he doesn't invite us into a religion first. Or even into a church first, although church is important. He talks about that because wherever Jesus is, his people are too. And they come as a part of that package. But, but the point is, he doesn't extend us a religious invitation. He extends a relational invitation. He's always talking about relationship. Let me give you a, a couple of quick examples. For example, he's always, Jesus was always talking about his heavenly father, right not a distant pin pal right i mean his heavenly father the jews would have been like oh jesus that's kind of weird that's super new we didn't know about that he's like yeah it's all about a relationship i'm inviting you even into my relationship i have with my father jesus was always saying his his connection to people was like a vine In branches, like there was organic stuff happening, living, vibrant, dynamic, you know, living stuff happening. He said, apart from me, disconnected from me, you can do what? He said, nothing, yeah. And because this is so important to grasp, and because this kind of invitation changed someone's life, a man by the name of Peter, and because Mark's account, we're looking at Mark today, Mark's account of the life of Jesus was likely, probably Peter's account because Peter and Mark were close friends and so this story we're looking at today is actually probably most likely Peter's own eyewitness account of what really happened to him because of all of that I want to take a look now at how Jesus unfolds how he extends his relational invitation to Peter and how that might how that could how that ought to affect us right here right now today. Let's pick up the story here in chapter one. It says, As Jesus walked beside the Sea of Galilee, again, this is likely Peter's account, he saw Simon and his brother, that's Peter, Simon's Peter, and his brother Andrew casting a net into the lake. Why? Come on, Mark, for they were fishermen. Okay, thank you, Mark. Come follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. (laughs) At once they left their nets and followed him. Now, If you're like me and you grew up in church, you probably heard a version of this story preached or taught that goes like this. Jesus shows up. Jesus says something to a bunch of strangers who have never seen him or heard him before, and bam, off they go. They leave the family business on the spot and like sight unseen. And so there they are. You know, either the boats are just floating in the water. Nets are laying on a beach. Fish are flopping on the sand. And from that perspective, when you keep reading, it actually looks even worse. Mark goes on to say a few verses later, when he, Jesus, had gone a little farther, he keeps going. And first he just you know, <laughs> dealt with Peter and Andrew. Now he's seeing James and Zebedee, his brother John, in a boat preparing their nets. Without delay, he called them. No words, just a call. Hey, <laughs> you. And they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men. And followed him. I mean, this seems, this seems worse. And that, to me, this is like, this is my idea. This, uh, this is what it seemed to me. This is like Jesus is sort of like maverick from Top Gun, he's like doing flybys, buzzing the tower of all the fishermen's boats, like Mach 3, come follow me, come follow me, see ya, you know, hey, keep up if you can, and they just ditch their dad when a random dude walks by, it's like, hey, dad, tell mom we had to go, sorry about dinner, sorry about the family business, you know, good luck, and there's Zebedee, standing in a boat. Solitary tear runs down his face like they grow up so fast, don't they? I always knew this day would come. No, I mean, on, on like they just left. On, I mean, on one level, that is what happened, but on a very real way, that's not all. That happens. Because Mark, as you may know, he's the shortest of the gospel writers. He gives us the fewest details. And thankfully, thankfully, we have another gospel account written by someone named Luke. And Luke said he went back and he interviewed all the eyewitnesses like Peter who were there so you could know not just what had had happened but so that you could know what all had happened so we can see exactly what Jesus's relational invitation looks like so Luke opens his account uh, now that same moment that same starting point right here like this in the the book of Luke it says one day as Jesus was standing by the lake of Genesaret, same place Sea of Galilee same place the people oh so there's other people okay crowding around him and listening to the word of god (laughs) well that's helpful to know so before jesus ever spoke to peter jesus was around he was there he'd been teaching near peter on the same beach as peter going back and forth perhaps passing him looking at him he'd been saying things jesus has been out in public not just coming out from under a rock saying stuff and sprinting down the beach like chariots of fire right i mean he's not doing that he's being around the people which means and shows us this first of all that Jesus' relational invitation begins with relational information all right relational invitation begins with a relational information it begins with information teaching preaching listening asking questions maybe getting answers if that's you why well the writer of another book in the new testament the writer of the book of Hebrews says that faith comes by what hearing yeah hearing hearing what well, yeah, basically, that's right, like the Word of God. Information about Jesus, stories about Jesus, testimonies maybe uh, about people whose lives have been changed by Jesus. And so, so if you're a skeptic and you're, you're on the fence about Jesus or the whole faith thing, what this means is this. It means you should ask your questions. You should go looking for answers. And so if you've been a part of a church or faith or whatever, where well, they tell you, don't ask questions. Oh, you should Run. I mean, don't, 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 I mean, you ought to go looking and specifically go looking for and get questions answered about the person of Jesus because, here's why, the center of the Christian faith, I hope you know this, the center of the Christian faith isn't Adam or Moses or Noah or David. Those guys are all important, but they're not the center. If you start with Adam when you're asking your questions or Noah or the ark or the garden, when it comes to the Christian faith, that's like, sorry for this, but it's like starting with Chewbacca when it comes to Star Wars. He's in there. He's doing stuff. He's important. But it's not really about him. You see the difference? So this is where Peter begins as well. The Christian faith is about Jesus. So when Jesus says to Peter, come, follow me, it's only after Peter's been given information, teaching, interaction, watching Jesus love people. Jesus' invitation always begins with relational information but it doesn't just stay there let's go a little deeper into luke's expanded universe all right here we go it it goes on it says he saw jesus saw at the water's edge two boats i can i can feel the beginnings of a plan hatching in jesus's mind left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets so jesus sees a couple of boats owned by those brothers peter and andrew and jesus has an idea it says he got into one of the boats without permission The one belonging to Simon. Jesus does that. And he asked him to put out a little from shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. What's this showing us now? Here it is. That Jesus' relational invitation becomes a relational inconvenience. Yes. And this is where things begin to get interesting. Because right here Peter says, sure, I'll take you out. Jesus, I've been watching you. You seem interesting. I've been observing you. You seem really normal. And yet you seem really different almost like you're like us and yet not like us almost as if you could be the oh no nah, that's that's impossible but sure Jesus I'll take you out in the boat uh you know I was kind of done with my fishing day anyway and so this right here this is the first clue the first sign that while Jesus is totally relational oh it's the kind of relationship where he asks you to do stuff He asks you to do stuff. It's the kind of relationship where he makes it inconvenient for you. The kind of relationship where he's always asking you, catch this, to take him out with you somewhere. Like, hey, will you take me to work with you this week, right? When you go out to that party, will you take me with you? When you go online, will you take me with you? When you go with your friends, will you take me with you? When you go to the movies, will you take me with you when you go to work, In the lunchroom, on your break, will you take me with you, right? Jesus is moving. Can you see from just a teacher on Peter's shore to a person in Peter's boat? The stakes are beginning to rise. The temperature is going up. It's becoming a bit inconvenient. What else does this relational invitation look like? Let's keep going. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out in the deep water and let down the nets for a catch." ah now he's not asking anymore now he's telling what's happening jesus's relational invitation is going from information to inconvenience now here's my word to instruction instructions because he's not just asking now he's telling and here's why because if you got to hear me on the if peter is excuse me if jesus is who peter says he is later if jesus is who jesus says he is if jesus is who mark says he is which is a king come in a kind of a disguise. He's disguised himself in a human body. If Jesus is like a king who's, who's wearing a kind of cloak to cover his own crown, if that's the truth, and it is, then at some point a relationship with that kind of person, a relationship with the king, means that a king starts to tell you what to do a king starts to tell you what to do and before right now before this moment uh, before the whole putting out into the water bit well that made perfect sense to peter right i mean he can see why it made sense jesus you're like crowded jesus is a lot of them only one of you hop into my boat sure like there's room you're cool i'm cool you're popular maybe i'll get popular too right but what will peter do when what jesus not asks him but tells him to do in that moment doesn't make sense I'll tell you what Peter does at first. Peter does what we do, what I have done a thousand times. When we start, we keep on following Jesus. Peter digs in his heels in his heart, but puts a smile on his face in the outside. And you can hear it in his words here. I can almost see you know, Peter through a, through a forced toothy grin. He's answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. Probably a little emphasis on that last word. He, he's trying to be polite here because net fishing, you may know, was done at night. That's what they did, net fishing. So the fish couldn't see the net and they'd swim into the net and they would catch them. Net fishing was never done during the day. You washed, you tended, you cleaned your nets during the day. Net fishing during the day, which Jesus has asked Peter to do right now, net fishing done during the day, it was as pointless as trying to shoot a basketball uh, from a three-point line in the dark nothing's going to go in that net nothing's going to go in so Peter protests Peter squirms he hymns he hums he haws he does what we do he points out the obvious flaw in Jesus's plan Jesus you seem like a nice guy you seem like you could be somebody special but do you really know everything and right here right here. And I don't know this for sure, but right here, here is where I think that Jesus might have been tempted to pull back the curtain on Peter's life, to pull back the curtain on history and flash forward Peter to a moment in his future to show, maybe even influence Peter to make the right decision to do the right thing and if I were Jesus I think I would have done that I'd have been like one of the ghosts from Dickens Christmas Carol I've been like the ghost the Easter future man Peter let's go man we're going to the Easter in the future I mean let's just say Jesus was tempted to do this and let's just say that he could do this maybe he could you know Uh, let's just say Jesus in that moment he pulled back the curtain on human history and he was flashed forward in Peter to a future off in the distance and let's just say in this fictional conversation while Jesus was trying traveling with Peter on the way to Peter's future let's just say he said to Peter Peter if you'll do this one thing for me right here right now with the nets and the fish and the boat do you know what will happen to you Peter would have said no no Jesus I don't Jesus would have said I'll tell you one day they're gonna make you a saint A saint, yeah. What's that? Well, it sounds pretty good, doesn't it, Peter? Yeah, Saint Peter. You like the sound of that, Peter? Yeah, I like the sound. Saint Peter sounds kind of nice. All right, it's got a nice ring to it. Saint Peter it is then. And do you know what else, Peter? Oh, what Jesus? Peter, in a few years, you're going to write some letters. I am. I'm like uneducated. I know. I can't even, I'm illiterate. I know. I'm going to help you with that bit, Peter. And one day, when you write those letters, Peter, they're going to be translated into thousands of languages. They are, Jesus? Yes, thousands of languages. People don't even speak it, never been spoken. One day, more than a billion people are going to read what you write. Really? Yeah. Oh, oh, oh and we're here. We're here, Peter. Uh, Peter, look down. Do you, do you see that? Yeah. What is that, Jesus? Oh, that's where you're buried. I'm buried. That escalated quickly. Yeah, yeah. You die for me, Peter. I do? Yeah. We just met Jesus. Yeah, you do. Well, you know, it gets dicey with us for a little while, Peter. But we work it all out in the end. And I want you to know one day you are amazing for me. And I want you to know I am so proud of you. You are? Yeah, I am. And look at this place. You see that? Yeah, yeah. It's called, look at that. It's called St. Peter's Basilica. Yeah, look at that. Look at the inside. Look at the outside. Peter, it's the best tomb ever built for a human being. And there's this guy one day. His name's going to be Michelangelo. I mean, he's like Italian. That boy could paint, you know. I mean, he, he's kind of weird, but, you know, he can paint. It's, he painted a lot of this in honor of you. And one day, Peter, people are going to come to Rome. I know you're not from there. You've never been there. They're going to come to Rome. That's where you're buried. Uh, and they're not going to come there to see where Herod is buried. They'll have forgotten all about him. They're not going to come there to see where Caesar Augustus is buried. The emperor? Yeah, the emperor. They'll have forgotten all about him. But to hear and to see and to learn about you, Peter. See, in that moment, in that moment, right there in that beach, that boat, everything hung in the balance peter's life in that moment of relational instructing jesus telling peter what to do jesus in that what he's really doing is he's asking peter to trust him with something that seemed really big to peter but compared to what could happen oh it was so 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 small in that moment it seemed really big right i mean in that moment it seemed like reputa- peter's reputation was on the line in that moment it seemed like peter could have been made fun of it, it could have gone so bad for peter he could have been an embarrassment a fool in the eyes not just of his friends not just of his brother in the boat but of the whole beach watching him what's he doing putting his nets out during the day what kind of fool what kind of idiot does something like that everything hung in the balance when it didn't make sense what would peter do would he say yes and go on to change the world would he say no because peter knew best and go back slip back into anonymity in history Well, because Jesus has been so patient, so kind, so gracious. He's been winning Peter all along, though Peter didn't know it. Now Peter knows. He can trust Jesus. And by the way, I want to tell you, so can you. So can you. So Peter says this. I love this. Oh, can you feel it? But because you say so, I will let down the nets. What happens when they do this as when they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish. Their nets began to break. And you know, if that were me in that moment, I think I would have been like through the roof excited and been so excited. This is like four months worth of salary, man, quadruple, man, just hopping into your boat, hopping into your lap. Uh, this would have meant for Peter. He didn't have to take, uh, you could have taken a few months off, taking Mrs. Peter on a vacation, whoever her name is, or pay those taxes to Caesar or whatever. But Peter isn't excited at all. Peter comes undone when Simon Peter saw this he fell at Jesus knees and he said go away from me Lord I am a sinful man and you'll notice when Peter calls himself a sinner Jesus doesn't bother to correct him for the first time Peter is seeing who Jesus really is and he's seeing who he is in light of who Jesus is let me ask you have you ever had a moment like this a moment where you really see yourself for who you really are in the light of who Jesus really is. It's unnerving. It's destabilizing. But hear me, it's so, so freeing. Then Jesus said to Simon, don't be afraid. And I'll say this to you today. Don't be afraid. From now on, you'll fish for people. So they pulled their boats up on shore, left everything and followed him see now jesus's relational move into peter's life is complete let's recap what we've seen so far what's happened it's first jesus's relational invitation is moved from information to inconvenience to instruction and finally now a relational here's my word infrastructure in other words in other words jesus has moved from peter's shore to peter's boat to peter's life all the way into peter's heart All because Peter followed Jesus one relational step at a time. Where are you today? Where are you today? Maybe you're like that person. You're one of those people on the shore. You're you're just listening to Jesus. You're coming in. You're hearing stories. You're hearing stuff taught. You're seeing if you can trust not a pastor first. Please don't do that. Not a church first. Please don't do that. Not even a group for. That's important. You should be able to trust other people. But you're seeing if you can trust Jesus first Jesus first and so maybe your next step is just to come back next week and here's some more learn some more experience some more maybe it means you sign up for like one of these classes you, you heard about and you ask some more questions to get some more answers or or second maybe you're someone who's gotten the information you're a person now whom Jesus is asking to get in the boat with you heard about him now he's asking for some space in your life like he asked for some space in Peter's boat and so maybe your next step is to allow yourself to be inconvenienced by jesus maybe it means tomorrow morning you're going to pick up your bible inconvenience your morning begin to read that thing begin to talk to god and pray or it means you allow someone else some space into your life like a discipleship kind of relationship or a pastor or a community group leader or maybe it means you you move on and you host a community group because that's fairly inconvenient at times right or it means perhaps you're someone who's gotten the information you've been inconvenienced but now you're at a point where you know you can sense it Jesus has begun telling you what to do somehow you know he's been telling you to go reconcile with that person make that thing right break off that relationship don't do business with them they've got a reputation for dirty dealings unjust dealings or or maybe you know you can sense he's been telling you to stand up speak up take a risk step out and if you'll do that then maybe it might cause you to be an embarrassment in front of your friends. Hmm? By the way, let's see how that whole bit worked out for Peter. He was so afraid of being embarrassed in front of his friends, right? How did that work out for him? Well, actually, he was completely humiliated in front of his friends. Not where you thought I was going to go with that, right? He's down on his knees. It's gotten worse. He's sobbing, repenting, looking like a fool for all the world. But do you know what? He didn't care. He didn't care anymore because when you really see Jesus for who Jesus really is and you see yourself for who you are in the light of who he is, you don't really care anymore in high school. I was so afraid to follow Jesus. Maybe this was you. I kept my mouth shut. I was so afraid of being connected with Jesus like that fisherman from Galilee or whatever, teacher from Galilee. But in college, when I really met Jesus and I saw who I was, and that happened when a friend extended me a relational invitation to a room like this. A man who was there and he called me out of the crowd and he began to say things to me that only a supernatural God can know. Like Peter's getting supernatural uh, stuff said to him right now. And I knew Jesus was real. I knew God loved me in here most of all. I knew I could trust him. And by the way, so can you. And then I began to preach to my teammates and my classmates and my professors. And man, I know if I went back and looked at the tail of the tape, I'd probably be embarrassed by how I did it or what I said. And it wasn't super wise. But I would have rather been at that point a fool in the eyes of men than a fool in the eyes of God. So if that's you and you know Jesus is instructing you to do something, your next step is to do it. Why? Because like with Peter, there's so much good hanging in the balance. There's so much good your heavenly Father wants to do for you and give to you. That's hanging in the balance. Follow me. Jesus said, "And I'll make you into something amazing." And didn't he do it with Peter? He did. He kept his word. And listen, the reason he can ask you or me to do anything for him, hear me, it's always because he has gone first he left heaven's shores first left his father's home first left his glory first came here lived first loved first died first and was raised first to show us there really is life after life and even if he asks you to do something that costs you your life there's still life after life and when you see that i hope you see that now it's easy to allow jesus all up in here all up in the middle all up in the center all up in your mainframe hardware relational infrastructure it becomes easy to say but because you say so jesus i'll let down my nets i'll let down my guard i'll let down my walls and trust you and follow you so where's your starting point today huh No matter where it is, I hope you'll see Jesus is asking us to take it one step closer to him.